Blog Talk Radio. Let's 
let's take it back to reality. I was a street hustler. I was a guy who uh, sold drugs. Uh, probably one of the biggest regrets in my life, not because of the money. I came to realize as I got older that I was one of the people being the problem for for what we have in our community. And I think that for the rest of my life, I'm indebted to give back. And that's why I try to do as many things as I do, try to venture off in different businesses. And my business savvy came from that along with my mother, who was also a street hustler. The savvy of learning that was something that taught me that if I can create an empire with so many things against me legally, then I should definitely be successful at doing something legal. And uh, that's where it stemmed from, just turning all that negative energy into something positive. Now, uh, as we go on this journey as comedians, you know, it's not always all good. Was there ever a lure for you to go back to that life once you got into the comedy world? Because it's not always a situation where we're making money. Yeah, no, money wasn't the issue. And, no, I have never turned back. I made a promise to my mother uh, before she passed away that I would never go back into doing anything illegal because I, uh, I'm i gifted, and I know I'm gifted. God definitely blessed me with a gift, and throughout no matter what you do in life, you're going to have challenges. And the the easy way out is never the best way out. So whatever the struggles are with comedy or anything that I am doing positive, I will uh, – just oversee it coming, keep my faith that it definitely will be a positive turnout. Uh, let's talk about your name, Capone. <laughs> now, you, you heavily identify with, you know, uh, uh, the great Al Capone from, you know, circa 1820 Chicago street gangster. Why do you identify with that gangster persona? Now, being a gangster, some people might take it into um, bad perspective. But the one thing about a gangster is no matter what the situation is, he demands respect. And that's the aspect that I look at it as. No matter what I'm doing, or as long as it's positive, if I'm on stage, that persona comes from a man who demands respect. And it stemmed from the streets, of course, but it worked into something of my favor and more of just being somebody who will always be respected once he touches that stage. That's where the gangster of comedy comes from. I love it. I love it. Hey, this is Rodney Perry. You're listening to Rodney Perry Live. Our guest today, Capone, one of the coldest comics in the game. Check out his Twitter. He's at Comedian Capone. Or check out his Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash Capone.Lee. You're currently on the Shaquille O'Neal uh, all-star comedy jam, man. You guys are going around the country and and really, really killing the game, man. What's it like to be on tour? Because I know you've toured with different tours. What's different right. about this tour versus maybe you know uh, Top Dogs, which I want to talk about as well. Okay. Well, this tour is um, first. Let me say that everybody on the tour, not to take nothing from the old tours. But this is just a little bit more organized with I guess a lot of more a lot more funding. With the uh top dogs, uh, a lot of the tours started for me and I had um I had limited funds when I was trying to make something big and then that became the problem. But with the Shaquille O'Neal tour, 
you sign a contract, you do your job, and you get what you're supposed to get. The good thing about it with me is Shaq handpicked me. I was handpicked by Shaq. I never did the All-Star Comedy Jam, which I am doing this All-Star year. Um, so to me, that was a big honor to not even have been on the show yet, to get picked to do the tour and then become on the show because everybody else has pretty much uh, been on the, um, you know, the Showtime special. Right. Wow, so so you 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 coming out of nowhere, and you know I, I consider that my journey is like you know kind of being you know kind of the quiet assassin. People don't really they don't really know until they know, and right. I think you know with, with a guy like like Capone, you've been on the radar, but off people's radar, right? And I see you making that transition. How does it feel to see yourself coming around that curve now and really killing the game, man? Well, uh, I can tell you this. It's a humbling experience. And one of the most humbling things about it is because um, me being who I am and knowing the the talent and the gift that I have, it can turn into arrogance. And if if you allow arrogance to get the best of you, it will shut you down. Of course, early in my years, I felt that I was better than a lot of comedians. I felt like I just I was supposed to get uh, what they got. And then the spiritual connection kicked in, and I realized and was taught that what's for them is for them, and what is for me will be for me. And so with me learning that, it taught me how to be humble. I've been doing this for 20 years. My first date on the tour, I got a standing ovation. And you know what the crowd said to me? as they came out and purchased the DVD from me. I don't know who you are. I've never heard of you, but you are the funniest brother I've ever seen in my life. Wow. If that's not a humbling experience, I don't know what is. And I really, really appreciate the honesty from the people. And not only that, it has taught me that no matter how big you are, there's still room to grow. And that's why my motto is I don't believe in going to the top. I believe in keep striving for success. No matter how far you get, there's always another level to go to. And so with that being said, uh, it's definitely an honor to be in these places that I thought that I once been, and I'm brand new to it. So it's good. Wow. Isn't it amazing to be brand new 20 years in? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yes, That's sir. crazy. That's crazy. Okay, Talk. speaking of brand new, Take me back to 1992 when your friend challenges you to take your skills off the street onto the comedy stage. Okay. You know, being being a guy in the, in the streets, uh, I mean, you got the guys on the corner, you got the guys in the barbershop who are who considered funny. And I was so happy to be a guy who can snap real well, or some people call it ranking, or they got other names for it. But right. I was that dude. And there was a promoter, his name was Rob Brantley. And he was a cool dude, but he was a very stern promoter with comedy. And anybody in black comedy in New York at the time had to go through him. He was like the big huncho of it. So I didn't realize how big he was. And he came into the barbershop one day, and I just started snapping on him. And everybody in the barbershop was, like, going crazy because, you know, this guy be around comedians all the time, and, you know, they thought that, I kind of was out of line, but then he said, well, you know, put me through a challenge 
to say, well, if you really think you that funny, let's see what you can do in front of a crowd on stage. And so he gave me an opportunity. And unlike everybody else, I didn't just jump on stage and thought that I was funny. I went and studied how to write a joke. I went and studied what it's like to, you know, prepare. And nobody knew that. I went to libraries. I started looking up different things. And um, I actually formed a set, which I didn't know what it was called back then. And the set, my first time on stage, I got a standing ovation. Wow. And the rest is history. How how does, I mean, I think you just spoke to it, uh, the work that you did before you even walked on the stage. I think a lot of young comics, and, and I tell people all the time, if you see me doing comedy, it's supposed to look easy. Like, you're supposed to say to yourself, I could do that. Right. But speak to the person that, that has a desire to be on stage. Speak to you, the work that you put in outside the stage. Like you said, you, you, you did your research before, but that work never stops. Like, what's your work ethic like even now? Well, you know, I don't know if a lot of people know it, but I just got a couple of write-ups in Don Diva Magazine and also um, Hip Hop Weekly. Um, the secret is out that I teach comedy. I teach not – I don't try to teach you how to be funny. I teach you the ethics of comedy. Mm-hmm. Also, I teach comedy finances, which a lot of cats don't know. Everybody comes in this thing thinking it's an easy buck. If you don't know your worth, you'll never go nowhere. So – the not only am I teaching, but I'm learning from these new guys on what they don't know and what they need to know. I appreciate the knowledge that they don't have. So even even when I'm teaching them, it's like me studying all over again. The right. thing is, the most important thing as a comedian, as a great comedian, is when you get on stage, have something to say. Right. It pisses me off to see brothers who see comedians and see that it's easy and just get up there and really don't have shit to say. Mm-hmm. It pisses me off. Right. So that is the – I take a handful of young guys and I really, to, you know, tutor them on what it's all about. And I don't, it's not a fee, so it's not a money thing for me. It's just the love of the craft. And, and why I do it is because I remember coming in the game and those guys that were up there wouldn't give me a shot. So I promised myself that if I ever made a name for myself, my way of reaching back is to help out young brothers understand the business when nobody else would teach them. Well, man, I, I commend I commend you for that because you know that that's my experience as well. The, the the people that were ahead of me, you know, that was already in the game, they weren't really receptive. Now. Right. Let's talk about New York City as a place to hone your skills and to grow. Uh, I view uh, my peers that come out of New York, y'all are the quickest, uh, uh, most well-rounded comics very quickly in the game. How has New York informed your comedy? Well, uh, of course, um, there is no no in-between with New York. Either you're good or you're not, and you're going to feel it. Excuse me. You're going to feel it from the New York audience. There's no, you have to be on top of your game because New York is a place, it's the mecca place where people really come to see who's funny or not. I mean, there's a lot of different places. You know, um, Chicago got their own speed. L.A. got its own speed. But New York is always fast-paced. It's right. never you're going to sit there and try to tell me something that I know and I already know what it is 
and you're trying to make it seem like uh, it's different. And New York picked that picked that up. They're like hounds. They smell fear, and when right. you fear, they will tear your ass up. <laughs> hey, speaking of fear, tear me up. I can remember. I don't even know if you remember this. Uh, I, I'm in New York. Very. I was there for the New York Comedy Festival at that time, and I was like, man, Capone. Even for anybody listening, Capone was the man even back then. It's 10, 15 years ago. <laughs> Capone was the man back then. You know, you you was wearing suits before Steve Harvey, you know. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, nice suits, too, you know, custom-made joints, right? And, and I remember, I was like, man, he was like, man, you got to get a Capone, man, because you was running BBQs at the time. Right. And uh, and I remember just sweating. you like, man, come on, put, man, put me up, put me up. Finally, you put me up. And, and I think you knew better than I knew you. Like, dog, you ain't really ready for this. <laughs> BBQs for anybody listening was not a game, right? So uh, you would stand on a small stage in the center of the room, so it was comedy in the round, and it's people right in arm's distance of you while you tell jokes. Yes, man, I'm on stage, and this girl started booing me, and when I tell you, she was she she was right next to me. And she didn't boo like a normal boo, like boo. She booed right. like boo. Uh, <laughs> and, and it really, I learned that day that New York is not a game. And when you come to New York, how your A game on. And the next time I came, it really made me a better comic, that experience, man. Talk to me about developing, you know, in the face of, of, of all that, because, man, you, you hosted the Apollo, which is an honor held by only a few comedians, man. Right. Well, I will tell you this. <clears throat> it, it It's not just within comedy. It's also about show. When you can captivate an audience, any audience attention, and I've learned that no matter what audience you are in front of, there is something for everybody. You just have to know how to tweak it. And with that experience from a BBQs or any other place in New York City, I developed and mastered tweaking what the audience like. If I'm in front of a, bu- a bunch of hustlers and drug dealers or whatever you want to call them, I know their lingo. I can talk their lingo. If I'm sitting in front of a corporate office with uh, people from Verizon or who else, I know their lingo. And I think that that's what a lot of people need to study. You notice a lot of comedians don't even try to come in and read the room. They just right. come in, think they got their jokes, and if it don't work, then, you know, it's an upsetting day. But they didn't do the homework on what it takes. You know, you can't talk about sex in front of little kids. The Apollo exactly. allows little kids to come and watch the show. So you have to have family-oriented stuff. Right. And, you know, I've learned that and I've trained that. And honestly, throughout the peers that were big before me, I learned from their mistakes. Got it. Whatever their mistakes was, I watched really, really close because comedy was breathing to me. If it's not a breathing process to you, then you shouldn't do it. Wow. You should want this as much as you want air if you're choking. Man, you just, boy, you dropped, dropped some science. <laughs> Comedy is breathing. I love it. Yes, I love it. Capone, 
the CEO. I mean, you you not you not only uh, which I always call this this business as as it relates to comedy is this is your your own uh, uh, black owned business, right? Uh, but this is not the only business you run. Uh, just just give us a glimpse into some of the businesses that you're running currently. Well, a lot has changed, and from the past of my bio, I've opened up a restaurant and a catering business. Wow. I've also opened up a uh, lingerie company, which I signed, kind of signed off to my son's mother to be the CEO of. Um, also, just um, basically calming everything down to focus on my career, because regardless of what I put my, my interest into, comedy always falls back to be paying the bills. Right. So a lot of times, you know, you try to help out the community, you try to do different things, but you can't help everybody. And throughout the course of my learning travels, you know, I've I've studied to become a masseuse, I've studied to become a chef, I've studied a lot of different things just in case this didn't work. But you don't ever really set a plan B when you become great at something. Right. And so... With that being said, I know the computer business, I no longer have. You know, I opened that just so I can learn and stop having to pay finances for uh, somebody of a different, you know, uh, hey, you, like Chinese people to fix hey, my stuff. Hey, you like me. I try to cut out the middleman every chance I get. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know. and, and my thing is, the only thing you have to do is willing to learn and study. Right now, I'm, I'm studying film. I got a new uh, film production company, and... You know, I want to make short films, and if it progresses to something big, then it does. But right now, I'm watching how everybody is using these 70s and these cannons to make movies. So I went and bought me a whole uh, studio of stuff, and you know where I'm learning it from? YouTube. Yep. I'm learning what people have paid thousands of dollars to go to college for in, on YouTube, and they teach you everything. So what I do is I take an hour or two probably a day. Now I shortened it. I used to do it every day. It might be three times a week just to study what this camera can do and how I can create better films. Man, speaking of great films, you know, our friend Royal Watkins uh, started doing this whole thing, uh, Karaoke Wednesday. And when I tell you, you have nothing less than killed the game. Now, you can't <laughs> sing. <laughs> but what I tell you, you 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 lip sync with the best of you hear me, man. You done done some videos, man. I, I mean, I stopped doing it because your videos were so much better. <laughs> and and like you said, there are little movies now. It all makes sense that you, you know you have you aspire to, to be you know to make films because you right. you make little mini films, man. And I was really. Impressed, man. So, can, is that something we can look forward to seeing later? You know, oh, definitely, Capone, definitely. the filmmaker slash actor yes, slash everything. Yes. I mean, you know, I write scripts. My thing is this: I've talked to Royale, I've talked to Anthony Anderson, and these guys have been successful in their own way in this business. And a lot of times, we as people uh, get caught up with the money, and we lose our thirst for the craft. I ain't got a lot of money to pay no no million dollar budget for no film, but if we can do it the old fashioned way, the way it's supposed to be done, create something and see if we can sell it where everybody can get paid. That's what I'm into. So I, I can call 
I think that I have enough friend power right now to say, yo, Rodney, I'm doing something. I can fly you out and put you in a hotel. I ain't got a lot of money now, but let's try this out. And that's what I'm trying to create the buzz with. All of us can do it. You know, it ain't about the money. If this is something that you feel as a dream and you say, yo, Capone, hey, dude, come to Cali, or come to Atlanta, let's shoot this thing, I'm going to shoot it. I'm going to, yeah. you know, it's hands and butts about it, brother. It's, you know, before it's you talk to my agent, and now a lot of brothers is, getting a reality check because ain't nobody calling them for movies like they were. Right. So we got to create our own thing. And with this media, radio, and all this stuff that we have going for us, why not take advantage of it? Yeah. My my, my take is this. There is no excuse. There is right. no excuse for not shooting, not doing your movie. Well, people, well, ain't no black folks on TV. Well, why don't you shoot your own show and put it on the Internet? You know, exactly. go to your audience. Go to them right now. I mean, that's why I, that's why I began doing this radio show. I was like, why should I wait for somebody to give me a radio job when I can be on radio today? Exactly, exactly, brother. And I commend you for it of of being the person who is doing his own thing. And before you know it, they're gonna be calling you to do major radio because they see what you created for yourself. If you don't create nothing for yourself, ain't nothing gonna happen for you. That's the bottom line. Bottom line. Hey, Capone, we, we on live. This is Roddy Perry live. I'm talking to Capone, one of the hottest comics in the game, uh, Shaq Comedy All-Star, one of the dudes that's really the next to, to really explode onto the comedy scene. I got some people on the line holding, man. They got some questions for you. You want to talk You want to talk to a couple of folks? That's a tie. That, you know, I love to communicate with the people, brother. Love it. Uh, Tanisha, you on with Hi. Capone. What's up, girl? Hi, Rodney. How you doing? What's up? <laughs> I'm good. How are like, you? Y'all know each other. How do I, I know. I know. I feel like I'm up there. Tell my wife don't listen to this one. Tanisha. <laughs> Tanisha, she's a, she's a journalist with Queens Castle. Tanisha, what you got for Capone? I have been a fan of Capone for years. Um, introduced Thank to you. him really at a Burt Smooth comedy event in New York. Wow. I don't even know. Right. I don't even know how many years ago. Um, wow. Definitely long time. watched him. Yeah, way long time. <laughs> watched you rock Comic View. Watched you rock Showtime at the Apollo. Um, I know that you have been holding down the stand-up circuit for forever. Um, and I know that there has been a lot of lessons learned along the way. So my question for you, Capone, is what advice would Capone today tell Capone on his first night of stand-up? Capone today would tell the old Capone is patience is a virtue. And the biggest thing that I've learned, and I'll tell you why I learned it, is What's yours will come to you. Mm-hmm. Don't worry what you don't have and you see others have. Mm-hmm. And I say this because, and I'll put it out there, Kevin Hart is a great friend of mine. I kind of was the person to take Kevin through the wrenches of, what we should say, the hood shows. You know, Kevin was doing his own thing. The, the hard work that he put in coming back, and forth to um, from Philly to New York, I was the, the go-to person with him. I was the first guy to take him with me on a tour, and the tour was a prison tour. So wow. this is where he got the muscle from, you know, to do what he had to do, which makes it convenient today. And when I heard he first popped, it was just like, wow, you know, 
I, I, I kind of was like the God who nurtured it, and it didn't happen for me that way. And then I'll tell you, like, I, you won't believe how the answer came to me. One day it was uh, I went to church, and my sister kept begging me, just go to church. There's a special preacher that's coming in, and he spoke the word. And when I tell you that it felt like this man sat me down by myself and talked to me, Wow. It opened my eyes to everything that I didn't have an answer for. And the most thing that I will never forget was you are searching for someone else's happiness and you're losing your own. And what that meant, you know, you I'm, I was getting jealous of what he was getting because I didn't think that he deserved it, and I was totally wrong. He deserved everything he got. And now as soon as I let that go, I promise you, and and my belief in God that all my stuff started answering. Doors started opening. Uh, you know, um, I got calls to do tours and money that I was, you know, looking to make, I started making. And it all just showed me as I let go of what I was holding on for somebody else, all my blessings can now come into me. And that's what happened. And so the difference from me now Back then, is I didn't see it and I didn't understand it, and so now you know everything is clear, and that's a message. And I'm not afraid to tell anybody my story. Me and Kevin are great friends, and there's no animosity towards him. But I can admit I was a little jealous of the great things that was happening for him at first. That's that's a huge comment, and and that's that's that to me that's more man. Than any you know that people because people are afraid to admit when they, we all have those shortcomings and and I'm sure there's a hundred guys that saw K Hart and was like why him you know I heard cats because people cause, you know Kevin is a friend of mine as well and they come to me well how did how did it happen I didn't see it. and I was like you know what this this young man worked very yes. very hard at the end of the day that it boiled down to really hard work and. For for you to say that at this juncture, that man, you know, I was jealous at, at some point. That's huge, man, and and that's very grown man to be able to even communicate that. So I personally appreciate that. Thank you, Tanisha. Definitely, Rodney. Great, I'm great just question. saying. I mean, it's it's not a surprise to me that the gangster of comedy has a hand in the success that we've seen with Kevin Hart. I mean, real talk. I mean, Capone has been holding it down for you know doing it and breaking the mold. I just commend you both on the business. Um, and you all encourage, you know, people like me with the queenscapital.net to continue in their dreams and go for it. So y'all keep doing what y'all doing. Um, and happy holidays. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, hey, thank you very hey, much. Thank you, babe. Thank you. Thank you for calling in. Let's talk about that for a second, Capone. Mentorship. You know, I mean, because, you know, with, with you teaching classes, with you taking cats under your wing, um, why is that aspect of the game important to you? Well, um, like I said, Ronnie, I breathe comedy, and I know that there's a lot of potential people in in this business that don't really have the, the know-how of moving forward. And our culture is a very stingy culture. We as black people, and I will say this, we get something. We work so hard to get what we get. Then when we get it, we get comfortable. I have learned to study other cultures and wonder and found out why they're so successful. White people, and I'm not saying, I'm saying, and I'm just using a general of white people that are in business never get comfortable. 
if you would come down to New York City in Manhattan and see a building that's up, you will see that building looking immaculate. But six months later, you will see a scaffold in front of that building just to make some changes. And those changes are important for that person to feel like he has grown because it's not cheap to make changes. So if he has the finances and build it up to make it happen, to make it look better or do something to show growth, then that's why they do it. We got businesses that we have for years, and we have yet to do I'm not saying everybody, but majority of what I've seen, they get comfortable. They don't, they don't put signs. You see windows that are dirty that they might clean every now and then. You right. cannot get comfortable, even in our business. There are many people, and I'm, I'm a victim of it. I might have told a joke, the same joke, for two, three years. And might be people who, who got tired. They're like, oh, he needs to change his joke. I do change. But you know what I found out? That I went somewhere where I use old jokes, and nobody's ever heard of them. So yeah. you have to know what to do that's comfortable for your own growth. A lot right. of times we hang around other comedians, and they be like, oh, I heard that joke, I heard that joke, and we fall victim to what they believe so. The people in seats, the asses that are in seats is what keep us busy, and we have to cater to them. Hey, you guys, this is Rodney This is Roddy Perry Live. You're listening to the show, the man, the myth, the legend, Capone. Man, one of the funniest guys in the game. Y'all take a listen. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, that clip was tripping. Okay. Okay, anyway, so let, let's move on. Uh, Capone, T- Tanya is on the line. Tanya, you on with Capone. Hi, Rodney. Hi, Capone. Hi, Tanya. How are you? I'm fine. And you? Thanks for calling in. Okay, I have a question. If, if um, musicians aspire for Grammys and actors for Oscars or Tonys, what do comedians aspire to get? Um, great so question. Like <laughs> you know, let me let me say this the way the way I put it. I mean, what I, how I, they put it to me. Comedians are considered the lowest point of entertainment. They put us in there to the lions to, I guess, get it um, prepared for what they call greater entertainment. Um, There is no real rewards except the laughter from people and the, the notion to move on to higher things, such as actors, such as directors, such as you know, whatever. As I see it, Hollywood needs us, but they don't think that they need us as much as they do. So there is really, and it's surprising being that we have all of these comedians who are really successful now that don't put back something to where we can at least have a little comedian award for New Jack of the Year or Best Grown or, you know, 10 Years in the Game, anything. And, you know, it's a great question, and I just feel – and I think that I will probably take on as I move further and financially get prepared to do something like that. You know what? That that's an awesome question, and it's it's so disheartening. I had an opportunity to go to the Soul Train Awards this year, and as I sat in the audience, I watched everybody in the industry, a part of that award show, on stage doing what they do except comedians. I saw dancers. I saw actors reading jokes. I saw singers. I saw all of these aspects of entertainment, 
And the comedians that were working, of course, Cedric was hosting, but he was the only comic on stage. Everybody else was backstage writing or doing something behind the scenes. But as a comic, we don't get to work in front of the in front of the audience doing what we do best, which is making people laugh. Exactly. Why do they take us for granted? Um, well, here is the, the, the real sad part of it is that we're so cutthroat towards each other and we're so hungry for well the bottom line is a lot of comedians don't know their worth. And the reason I say it so strongly is because there's a promoter out here in New York City, has no talent, wants to be a comedian, but he does pack a house with shows. He gives comedians fairly nothing. This guy walks away before he even opens his door with sponsorship with about fifteen to 20000 But really? you're looking at comedians and giving them $200. Yeah, and you, you did the show not too long ago, and you probably didn't notice. I wish we'd have talked beforehand. I'm quite sure you got a good pay. But it wasn't really what you should have got if you'd have known what you'd known with all of this. And it's sad to say that some people don't allow us to do the homework. I don't, I don't even perform in New York City anymore unless I create the show. Because if I got this following that people are following me and want to see me, why should I give a local promoter that's going to give me a certain amount of money? He has no talent. The people are not coming there to see him, and he gets all the credit for it. I just yeah. can't do that anymore. Right. But this is what we allow ourselves instead of doing the homework. They call us for a few hundred, a couple of thousand dollars, and we're not seeing the bigger picture here. We have to create our own avenues. And if you can build up, and I'm not saying everybody's in the same position as me, but if you can build up enough credibility, it's all about putting asses in the seat. If you can go around and do this, I mean, Dane Cook did it from my space. Very true. This man used to get booed, never really even got put on. But he found the knack to make himself famous, and now he's one of the richest comedians out here. Very true. How does how does social media uh, play, Facebook, Twitter, play into uh, uh, your business as you continue to grow your brand? Well, there's, there's shows that I create on Facebook and Twitter. Shows, well, the Shaq thing I leave with Twitter, I just promote my Shaq stuff on Twitter. But Facebook, I do a daily inspiration thing. And, and, you know, I got another Facebook. I got two pages. One I use as adults where women and men can talk about sexual frustrations, relationships, and this is build an audience for me. So wherever I go, it's called Nightcap, Nightcap with Capone. So wherever I go, I meet a Nightcapper. And then they log on this page, and it's a page where you can say shit that you can't say in a, in a, or, you know, a regular arena. And I created that, but also on my regular page, I created inspiration every morning. Every morning from Monday through Friday, I say something inspirational that I know is going to touch somebody for them to respond to it. Because we all need encouragement somehow. There's people that are fat that don't want to be fat. There's people that are skinny that want to, you know, get weight. There's people who got cheated on but can't leave their relationships. So I let people know that I set a forum to let them know that they're not alone, they can make this happen, and that's the way I utilize it. I'm not on there looking for pussy. I don't need pussy. I don't need no woman. If if it's got to come to that, then I don't need that. And a lot of people use that when this is an avenue for greatness, and you just have to know how to use it, utilize it. 
I'm very strict. I'm an old school dude. And unfortunately, the mother of my children are a little more lenient towards that. Like my daughter, I have a daughter that's 20. And, you know, she's had several boyfriends since she was 17. And her mother allowed at 18 for a boy to spend the night at the house. I don't even live there. But if I come by and there's a dude laying up in the bed, oh, he got to go. I don't care who he is. Right. He got to go. It's just I don't care if you're respect. <laughs> Exactly. Some respect. When you get your own, that's when they lay up in here. Me and your mother ain't together, but I ain't going to allow this to happen. Right. So, you know, it's it's definitely a respect thing and also their fans. Like, that's your father? I think uh, my daughter gets chased a little bit more because I am her father. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you know, you know, it's it's so it's so refreshing to have this conversation with you today again, man. I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, we're talking to Capone. I got a call online. I'm not sure if they want to talk. Three one three, you're on the line with Capone. Hello, three one three. Hello. Okay, they didn't want to talk. All right. <laughs> yeah, they they want to talk. They want to talk. Oh, oh, that's Tanya. I'm tripping. My bad, Tanya. My bad, Tanya. I thought you wanted to holler. I I just saw the number pop up. She's listening. Uh, okay. Man, you've 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 conquered so much. Uh, I'm a big proponent of of setting goals, especially as we go out of one year into the next. What can we look forward to seeing out of Capone as we go into 2012? The new thing, of course. Uh, I'm very honored that. Shaq and them has extended um, the next, you know, because we ended the uh, thing uh, last week, and they, they're trying to start a new uh, tour in February, and I was honored to be one that gets the 22 more dates uh, for the next tour in 2012, which is a big honor. You can look for my short films, but my biggest project right now that I'm working on is my new book, and it's called Capone, from the hood to Hollywood, my life was no joke. Man, hey, hey, dog, that's awesome. I can't wait to sit down and read it. Yeah. Uh, I would love to come back when you, when you when you finish the book to come back and let's talk about the book, you yes, know. Sir. And and you you definitely one of those guys, man. That that's an inspiration, a pleasure to watch, man. You drop so many jewels on us today. Never get comfortable, you know. I think that that stands out. You know more than anything because I think that's a that's a problem in our community. People becoming comfortable, you know, and and not really uh, going that next that next step because they are right. comfortable. They are comfortable and they're not prepared to continue to work, you know, and to put that scaffolding up on that building that's already built, but it needs some more work. So I, I really appreciate that, man. Any final words before we get out of here? Um, basically, thank you, brother. Stay strong and keep keep this outlet open for people to be heard. And uh, thank God. That's all I can say, brother. Hey, y'all, this is Rodney Perry. You're listening to Rodney Perry Live. You've been listening to Capone. Now, you can check him out on his Twitter. His Twitter is at Comedian Capone, Facebook.com forward slash Capone.Lee. Uh, you can go to Shaq, AllStarComedyGem.com, see all the information on that. And coming up, coming up, uh, the date is the date is da, 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 oh December 11th. Is that that's tomorrow? That's tomorrow mm-hmm. as we record this show. Uh, Capone and Talent. Y'all got a toy drive. Y'all got a toy drive. Yes, a big where toy drive. People, where can people donate even if they hear this after that date? Um, just uh, hit me on Twitter and we'll 
have a, a, a definite uh, place or wherever, Dropbox, however it works. But I tell you, we get such a big response. This is my second year doing it, and it's it's an incredible feeling. Last year, we gave uh, all the toys to a uh, homeless shelter. This year, we're doing it for Harlem Hospital, hospital plus a couple of homeless shelters. And um, also want to thank Venus, uh, who is my Internet secretary, um, she is incredible with making things happen. So she'll be definitely, um, you know, putting it out there for people to send their toys or whatever they want to send because there's so many unfortunate people, even people with jobs, are not able to give these children something that they deserve to make them happy. And I just feel good doing this. Hey, amazing man. Again, thank you for coming on. It's Rodney Perry. You've been listening to Rodney Perry Live. My guest today, comedian extraordinaire Capone. Go check him out. Uh, what's your website, Capone? Uh, gangster of Comedy. Gangster with a S-T-A. No, uh, Gangster. Gangster. Gangster, gangster of comedy. Check him out. He's doing it so big, so so cold, so live. We love him. He's a CEO. He's the hardest working man in comedy. He can break down comedy financing. You can check him out at Don Diva Magazine or Hip Hop Weekly. And the words of Capone have never rang so true. Never get comfortable. My name is Rodney Perry, and that's our show for today. Y'all stay blessed. We out. Peace. Peace.